Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Guys, I'm going to begin a series today entitled 21 Days with Daniel. Tomorrow, we've been sharing this with you, we begin our 21-day Daniel fast. Let me give you a couple of basics before I begin teaching, uh, just so you'll know where to check, and we're all on the same page. All of this is on our website, calvaryassembly.org, and our Calvary Facebook Uh, So beginning tomorrow, there'll be a link from either one of those to a daily devotion so we can all be praying together, studying together. This devotion has two or three layers to it, and it allows you to uh, maybe have the devotion in the morning, do some scripture reading later in the day. I purposefully, I didn't tell this to the 9 o'clock congregation, but I purposefully chose a a devotion to partner with a church in Singapore. Now, why did you do that, Pastor? Because I want us to remember the kingdom of God is bigger than America. How many heard what I said? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ reaches around the world, and it's awesome and amazing. So you can go to either our website, the information there is for the fast, or Facebook, and check that link out, and you can daily follow along for the next 21 days. Um, So that's there for you. Uh, The information is there. What is a Daniel fast? So basically a fast where we abstain from sugar, meats, uh, wheat, white wheat, and dairy. So say, so, well, well, what's left to eat? Oh, just a bunch of good stuff, you know, all that healthy stuff. It's good, and it's plenty to sustain us, but there's a reason behind it. We'll study that more today. So the information is there to help you with that. The link to our daily devotion, you can find it there. And I want to remind you, we're, I'm so excited about this, and make sure you emphasize this and take advantage of it. You know, every week as you're going through this prayer and fasting, you may need a little boost. Well, for these three Wednesday nights during the the 21-day Daniel fast, we're going to meet here for one hour, 6.30 to 7.30, for a powerful prayer encounter. It's going to be amazing. We'll kick it off right at 6.30, have a quick worship. We're going to go right into prayer. We're going to end in worship. We're going to give you some guidelines. It'll be, we'll all be in there praying. It's not going to be a service. It's prayer. And uh, it's going to be amazing. We'll, you know, we'll space out, have our place, have our time. But I want you to be a part of this. We're calling this prayer, these Wednesday night prayers. And I'll share it with you Wednesday night where I got the name. It's from Daniel. These Wednesday night, these three prayer encounters are called Open Windows Prayer. Uh, It's going to be powerful. I'll share that with you Wednesday. You have to come Wednesday to know where we get that title, Open Windows. And so this is all available. It starts tomorrow. I believe God is going to do something amazing in our lives. I I want to say this. I know that many of you uh, want to, you know, support uh, Crystal and Emma, Mike's wife and daughter, and and, and show your honor to him and respect this week. So Tuesday at Roselawn Funeral Home, Indicator will be a visitation and then on Wednesday uh, will be his celebration of life here at 1 o'clock. Uh, two hours before that, 11 to 1, is also visitation. So I wanted to share that with you and let you know what's going on there so you can be a part of that. And you can uh, pray for the family, encourage them, uh, and, and just show them your support. Uh, we'll, we'll have a lot more to say during that time. So 21 days with Daniel. Uh, let me encourage you with a couple of things. I want you to really listen to me as we begin, all right? I want you to hear my heart. Why are we doing this, Pastor? What's the impact of this? Why should I be interested? Why should I do a 21-day Daniel fast? I'm going to answer those questions. But I want you to hear this. I sense in my spirit as I pray for you, 
as I pray for this church for these next days coming up, I really sense that God has placed in my heart, he's, he has divine appointments waiting on you. God has some things planned for you as an individual during this fast. He's already there waiting. It's, there, it's, I, I, I don't know how to, to just verbalize it beyond that, but I'm going to tell you, God has some moments ready for you, some encounters waiting on you, some moments to step into another spiritual time of growth, a, a, a greater awareness of God's presence. I want to encourage you. God has some meetings planned for you. Can somebody say amen to that? And so we're, we're excited about that. I, I'm excited about stepping into it and what God will be doing. I don't think there's ever been a moment where the church in America should be in prayer and fasting like this moment right now. We are right on the money. This is in God's perfect timing. And I have such an expectation that God is going to use this mightily in our lives individually and in our lives uh, together as a church family. Uh, maybe if fasting is new to you, prayer and fasting, Pastor, what is that? Well, you know what prayer is. That's talking, communicating with God. And my prayer for, for all of us during this time is that you'll see prayer in a different light, that prayer will not just be a duty. Well, I've got to pray. Or some ritual you've got to go through. Or some exercise I have to follow. Prayer is communication. Prayer is a privilege. You're talking to God. It's communing with God, talking with God. And I pray that, that that reaches a new level of intimacy and personal in your life during this time. So prayer connects me to God. But I want you to get this, and it's vital. We're going to see this in Daniel's life. Fasting disconnects me from some of the things going on in my life that are negative and draining. So we have this opportunity to have a renewed awareness of God's presence, an encouragement, a refreshing at the same time, we're intentionally saying, I'm going to abstain from some things to give wholehearted devotion to God. I'm, I'm going to give extra time in prayer. I'm going to be reminded by my physical appetite that I want more of God in my life. You know, uh, Jesus, who, who is our example for everything, prayer and fasting was part of his lifestyle. We read in Matthew 6, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. It's who he is. It, 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 it's, it's part of his lifestyle. I want you to look at something uh, that we learned from him, and then we're going we're gonna to look at Daniel. But Luke chapter 4, verse 1, I'd like for you to find that. It'll be here on the screen or in your Bible. I'd love for you to find it in your Bible and on your device and highlight this. So in the life of Jesus, you mean to tell me, Pastor, Jesus had a need to pray and fast? Absolutely. You see, it's clear we, we studied this, we reminded this during the Christmas season that the birth of Jesus wasn't his origin. He's God. The Bible says in John 1, he was, he was with God in the beginning. He's always been there. But he came and humbled himself. He kept his divine nature, but he laid down his divine privileges and limited himself to our human flesh. And during his 33 years on this earth, he faced what you and I face, the way you and I face it. And he knew that to fulfill the will of God, prayer and fasting were a part of it. And I want you to see what happens, why he did it, what happened for him, what happens for you and me. Luke 4, verse 1, Jesus, noticed this, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days, it's our 40th year, that's a key number for us right now. This is connecting, it's prophetic. Jesus, who for 40 days, he was tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. 40-day fast. 
that he took. It started, look at verse 1. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at verse number 14. Jesus returned to Galilee after this 40-day fast. Now he began full of the Spirit. He returns after these 40 days, we read. He returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. So what am I showing you here? What do we learn? This is simply this. It's one thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to recognize we're full of God's presence. But church family, that's not God's end goal. That's not our end goal. Not just to be full. See, Jesus was full, but the prayer and fasting released the power of God through his life. So you see, God wants you and I to not only be full of the Holy Spirit, he wants that Holy Spirit in us to begin to touch the lives around us. He wants us to have a life of the power, the action, the influence of the Holy Spirit working through your life. What happens when you pray and fast? The great God that lives within us begins to be released to the people around us. How many can say amen to that? Prayer and fasting literally converts what's in you to the power that's flowing out of you. I don't mean some kind of, you know, when I say power flowing out of you, that's not some mystical thing. It's God's presence, God's love, God's life, who he is. We understand prayer and fasting literally, it's like it breaks off our human limitations, weaknesses, and allows God's spirit to flow. It did for Jesus. It was the beginning of his public ministry. It's absolutely powerful. Look at this verse in Matthew 17 and verse 21, uh, the King James translation, Matthew 17, 21. I'm just giving you a little insight, a little reason why we need to pray and fast. In Matthew 17, verse 21, the King James translation, we find the occasion that uh, Jesus had been on the Mount of Transfiguration. While he was there, his disciples are there trying to cast a demon out of a little boy. They can't do it. He comes down, drives the demon out, and then this statement. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Do you know there are certain strongholds that can only be broken as we pray and fast? Why, Pastor? It releases the power of God. It takes what is a theory and makes it a reality. It releases his, his unlimited power in us to change what's going on around us. There was another occasion, I hope you discovered this during these 21 days, in John chapter 4, where Jesus had been ministering to the woman at the well of Samaria. His disciples had gone into the city to get some food, and they came back, and he was sitting there, and they said, Jesus, here's some food. You need to eat. We've been traveling. Here's some food. He said, I'm not hungry. They said, oh, you need to eat. Listen to what he said. You can read this in John 4. He said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Come on. He said, there is a nourishment. There is a food. He said, my food is to do the will of the Father. I'm here to do what God wants me to do. I have a source of strength that the world can't give me. I pray during these 21 days that you and I begin to feast on the strength of heaven. Can someone say amen to that? We begin to discover God's strength. It's food for our spirit, food for us as we serve God. So, so we see even in the life of Jesus how powerfully effective prayer and fasting could be. Let me ask you this question. Go ahead and turn to Daniel chapter 1. Let's begin to look at Daniel now. I wanted just to intro us into that place. I wanted you to see the dynamic of prayer and fasting in Jesus' life so that we, we can make the connection 
with Daniel. Daniel chapter 1, we're turning there. You see, there are going to be moments in your spiritual journey. Hear me as you're turning and locating Daniel 1. There are going to be moments in your spiritual journey where you're going to feel stuck. It's like your spiritual growth has plateaued. There, there's some barrier I can't get through. There, there's some prayer I can't seem to get an answer. It seems like I'm stuck. Well, that's what prayer and fasting does. It comes in and releases you in that moment. It releases God's power. It defeats strongholds that Satan has put against you. Sometimes we're not even aware of what we're battling against. We're not aware of why this seems to be so hard. Why I can't seem to get on the other side of this thing. Prayer and fasting does that. For instance, we read in Scripture that we're supposed to forgive people. Now, let's come on. Let's tell the truth. Anybody ever struggle to forgive somebody besides me? Come on. Has that ever been hard to forgive? I mean, I have. Do you know, sometimes we get stuck, don't we? How do I do this, God? I mean, come on. After what they did to me, I'm going to forgive them. Can I tell you what? Prayer and fasting will break you through the stuck places. It'll, it'll go through, break through my weakness and allow God to begin to do his will. So let's look at this. Let's, let's define this Daniel fast. What did he do? Daniel chapter 1. We'll come back to this in a, some more verses, but let's look at verse 8. Daniel 1 8, <clears throat> pardon me. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God, now, God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Watch this, verse 11. Then Daniel said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servant for 10 days. He said, just give God a chance. Hey, let's give God a chance, okay? He said, let's just give God a chance. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat, water to drink. That's where we get the Daniel diet. We have more specifics on the website. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your service in accordance uh, with this, uh, with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Look at verse 15. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. He said, you know, we're going to honor God. There's something I need to do in this moment. I'm going to change my diet to focus on God and watch God step up to the moment. Now, I want to show you one other passage right now. Let's go to Daniel chapter 10. In this moment, I want to show you uh, as we're defining, explaining, what is a Daniel fast? We get this strictly out of the book of Daniel. So we see the dietary issues that are there. Pastor, what about the 21 days? And again, why is prayer and fasting uh, so important at this juncture. Well, here we are in Daniel 10 on another occasion. Look at verse 2. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. A biblical term that means to, I humbled myself. I sought God. I fasted for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, 
and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. That does not mean he didn't take a bath for three weeks. He didn't put on his ceremonial oils and for some of his duties. In other words, he said, I focused on God. I focused on God. Do your family, your coworkers, and your schoolmates a, a favor. Take the bath. All right. But we're talking about, he said, so I, he said, I fasted for three days, for three weeks, for 21 days. All right. So what? Let's drop down. And, and I want you to see this here in verse number 10. Watch this. In the midst of this 21-day fast, watch what happens. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Now watch this, this, this thing that's going on spiritually. Are you with me? Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. So he's on day 21. He's been praying 21 days. He's been fasting 21 days. And this angelic messenger says, Daniel, God heard you day one. Now, we're starting our Daniel fast tomorrow. Can I give you some good news? God's going to hear us day one. I mean, how many can say amen to that? But what's the holdup? Watch this. Guys, this isn't fairy tales I'm about to read. This isn't mysticism. This is reality. It is reality today. Watch this, verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me. This angelic being was resisted by the prince of the Persian kingdom 21 days. Then Michael, an archangel, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Do you understand what we're reading here? The curtains pull back, and we're looking at spiritual warfare. We're, we're getting a glimpse of what goes on all the time. Now, some people might say, well, I don't believe in that. Well, just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean it went away. <laughs> you can ignore whatever you want to ignore. But here it is in Scripture, and it's many, many passages. So literally, as he prayed, an angel came with an answer. As the angel came, there was a demonic principality over that area. A ruling demonic spirit. As you read in scripture, you'll see there are territorial principalities of hell that, that try to control geographic areas. They're very strong demonic powers. And so the angel comes and this, he's resisted by this demonic power. And so Daniel's praying and fasting. He doesn't see this, but he's praying and fasting. This warfare is going on around him. He stays faithful to pray and fast. He's, he's doing this. God sends another angel to defeat the demonic principality in the way, and the answer gets to him. Now, guys, you could say, well, I, you know, Pastor, I, I, I don't want to talk about that. Well, we, it, it's real, and it's there. And the good news is God's for us in this battle. Can you say amen to that? And his angels are stronger than the demons of hell. God is watching us. You don't know what God did today to get you in this place. You don't know the battle in the spirit that was won when you were saved and accepted Jesus as your Savior. You and I won't know till we get to heaven to see the battles God won for us when we weren't even aware of what was going on. But there is a very important connection here. 
here that when we pray and fast, we literally position ourselves. We literally connect with God in a way for God to break through the barriers that have been holding us back. Maybe the answer to your prayer is not something you can see. Maybe it's something you haven't seen. But as we pray and fast, we release God's power to break demonic strongholds and bring the answer that we've been seeking. Prayer and fasting allows heaven to break through the restrictions that that seem to hold us back. So why did Daniel fast, Pastor? Church, listen to me. I believe Daniel's narrative closely parallels the church in America today. I don't think there's anything we could read that more parallels where we are. And I want you to hear this and understand. This This is what I want to see. That even though Daniel was in a tough place, a foreign country, there taken because Israel lost a war with Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Babylonians. They were taken there as the spoils of war. They were in a foreign country with a foreign language, with demonic gods. It was a hard, bad place to be. And yet what I want you to see and what I want you to recognize that in the midst of that, Daniel was still blessed. In the midst of that, Daniel had favor. In the midst of that, this young man stood tall for God. Now, church family, I believe right now in America, the church is facing unprecedented issues. We are, we, we are in a season and in a time where, where there's pull from here and there, where there is so much division in this country, so much confusion, who we are. And how we represent Christ has never been more important. Is it a challenge in these day and time? You better believe it is. Is is, is there a culture that we live in that is anti-Christ? Yes, it is. But what I want you to see is that the will of God is not for you and I to run and hide. The will of God is not for you and I to give in and acquiesce. The will of God is not for us to uh, uh, to become hesitant and shy and tentative. We are the church of the living God. And just like God blessed Daniel in Babylon, God is looking to bless his people in the midst of America in 2021. And and we're going to understand how that happens. Prayer and fasting was a tremendous key. I want you to get this. He was blessed in Babylon. Now I want you to understand this. Get these words. Although he was in Babylon, he was not of Babylon. What does that mean? He was in that culture, but he wasn't of that culture. You with me? He, he was in Babylon, but his heart and allegiance belonged to God. Just because he was living in this ungodly culture did not mean he took on the lifestyle of that culture. He was in it, but he was not of it. He was there on a mission from God. He was there appointed by God. It was like he was in the enemy's camp to release the power of God on the devil's turf. Now let me show you something. We have to get this mindset. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, 19, and 20. We we must understand who we are if we're going to be who God planned for us to be in this hour. We're in America in 2021. We were born for this moment. How many heard what I just said? You have what it takes with God inside of you. The church is strong enough with the power of God to be who we're supposed to be. But we need to understand something. We're in it, but we're not of it. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. How many are thankful we've been reconciled to God through Christ? 
But watch, it doesn't stop there. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I want you to look at people around you and say, you've been called in the ministry. Say it right now. Declare it. Come on. You have the ministry. You've been called in the ministry. <laughs> A lot of people, oh, I don't know. Here it is. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? Glad you asked. Look at verse 19. What is the ministry of reconciliation? That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Aren't you thankful? I'm not, the, I'm not the sin police. I'm the minister of reconciliation. My message is I don't care what you've done, how far you fell, how big you blew it. There is a God who loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ who will save you and not only forgive you but reconcile you back to God. Make you the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Make your life better than it ever was. That's what we get to do. Come on church. What a ministry that we have. He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. Look at our title in verse 20 as we do this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, even in Spanish, Pastor Emilio, as though God were making, look at this, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. This title is not random. We're his ambassadors. An ambassador is someone who's in a foreign country representing the interest of his homeland. An ambassador may be in another country, but he's not of that country. An ambassador is in that country, but he's of his homeland. He was sent there on a mission. He was sent there to do the will of God. You understand that's who we are. We're in it, but we're not of it. Do you know this term used in, uh, in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus said the first pronunciation, he said, I will build my church. That word church is ecclesia. It was a term used in Rome. Get this. It, it was a governing ruling body, but also as a specific group. When Rome would conquer a new nation, they would send a group of Romans there to live in that culture. The ecclesia was sent into that country. What was their job? They were not to become like the country they had conquered. They were to live a lifestyle, develop a culture, live a life to convert that country into the culture of Rome. They were in it, but not of it. Anybody with me right now? And so Daniel was in Babylon, but not of Babylon. I am in this world, but I am not of this world. I have a mission that is greater, and so do you and I. In other words, how could I say it in many different ways? See, in other words, I don't have to sing what you sing to be in this world, but not of it. Are you with me right now? I don't have to wear what you wear. huh? I, I, see, see, I don't have to eat what you eat to be uh, in it, but not of it. I don't have to drink what you drink. <laughs> Come on, did everybody get that to be in it and not of it? I don't have to play your politics to be in it, but not of it. I don't have to choose your sides to be in it, but not of it. Are you with me? I don't have to hate who you hate to be in it, but not of it. I don't have to judge who you judge to be in it and not of it. Anybody with me in this thing? I don't have to take up your offenses to be in it and not of it. And somebody's got to say it from God's perspective. I don't have to join your riots in Washington, D.C. or in Portland, Oregon to be in it, but 
but not of it. Is anybody tracking along with me right now? See, we're better than that. We have a mission in this time. There's too much at stake. See, everyone wanted Jesus to overthrow the Roman government. They wanted him to overthrow Rome. And he said, that's not why I'm here. That's not what I came to do. I'm not going to play your political games. I'm not going to get into your infighting and backbiting. I didn't come to overthrow Rome. I came to overthrow hell. That's why I came to this earth church. We're in it, but we're not of it. We have a message. We have a mission. We're the ambassadors of reconciliation. Anybody with me on this thing today? See, we're blessed in Babylon. They say, well, pastor, it's not easy, but it's a ble- we're blessed when we're with them. We're walking with them. See, Daniel so kept his integrity. Get this. You've got to get this guy. He became the most influential man in four different government regimes and he never compromised his life he never changed his faith he never switched his allegiance he never he never shifted what the word of god said and god made him a powerful influential leader what this world this culture this nation is dying for is men and women of integrity and character and faith who will live the word of god out and i promise you you do that god will bless you in babylon God will make influence come your way. See, Daniel modeled what I shared with you last week is the direction God's giving us for 2021. Remember those three levels? What do we have to do in 2021? We're going to walk in what we know. We're going to hold on to what we know. Hey, I brought some stuff out of 2020. Did anybody bring any stuff? What do you, I don't mean baggage. I mean, I learned some things. I, I've got 2020 was hard enough not to get better, okay? So we're going to walk in what we know. While we're in the midst of what we don't know, Daniel did that. Daniel held on, see, in the midst of what he didn't know while we're moving to what God already knows. Come on. See that? We're going to hold on to what we know while we're in the midst of what we don't know while we're moving to what God already knows. How many are going someplace with God? You'll say amen. Let's look at Daniel 1. I just got a couple of three minutes here. We'll, we'll pick this up again next week. Let's go back to Daniel 1.1. Why are we doing this Daniel fast? <laughs> What happens when we fast? We're learning, we're seeing. I want you to notice this. This is significant. It speaks something to us. There's a powerful principle here for you to see. Daniel 1.1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Okay, he was reigning in Israel and Judah. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. He conquered it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand along with some of the articles from the temple of God. So what do you mean the Lord delivered him? In other words, God said, I've taken my hand off. Prophet after prophet after prophet had told the nation of Israel, if you don't turn back to God, I have to stop. If you don't turn back to God, I can't keep protecting you. Finally, the prophet said this now, and, and, and the foreign king comes, the army, the enemy comes, and God says, I can't stop it anymore. I can't co you know, sign with your rebellion and your disobedience. I just can't do it. So verse two, the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put the treasures in the house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. They were taken to Babylon. Babylon has a Interesting history in Scripture. 
It's mentioned the first time in Genesis 10 and 11, that early. In its very first mention, it was a place where man was full of his own pride, full of false religion, full of rebellion, and said, God, you know it as Babel. We're going to build our own tower. We're going to make our own way to God. Babylon has always represented pride of man, false religion, and rebellion against God. Over the years, you can find that. And now here's Daniel. Watch this. I want, to see, I want you to see this. In the setting of this Daniel fast, he's right in the middle of the enemy's stronghold. But what I want you to know, these ancient strongholds that had been there from the beginning of our history of that area came under the influence of the power of God through a man named Daniel. And what I want you to understand is that no matter how long the enemies had a stronghold in you or your family, no matter how long the enemies had a stronghold over a nation, a system, a structure, an institution, a region, when God's people begin to pray and fast, there is a power that breaks through the oldest stronghold, the generational curses. I have watched families repeat the sins of the fathers again and again and again, and I have witnessed someone in that family give their heart to Jesus, surrender their life to him, and I watched the power of the Holy Spirit go in and break that stronghold off that family and hope come back alive again. I'm telling you, you may be in a Babylonian stronghold, but prayer and fasting will move in where you live and break the power of God right. Uh, the power of God will break that where you are right in the middle of that. I believe this fast is time for generational breakthrough to happen. I believe curses are going to be broken. Strongholds are going to fall. Why? Because God's with us in this moment. Can somebody say amen to that? God's with us. Daniel 1.8 says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself. He resolved. 2021 is going to be a year of choices. Do you hear that? A year of choices. You're going to be who you are this year because you chose to let God work in your life. That's liberating for me. It's not about others' choices. It's about my choices. I can't control what you do to me. I can control how I respond. I have no say-so about my circumstances, but I have every say-so about how I choose to serve God. 2021, God's going to back up your choices. God's going to stand by your side. Every time you make a choice, God's going to honor that. It is going to be amazing. And let me say this to conclude. Let's look at this in verse 15 of Daniel 1. What happens when we're praying and fasting? Demons are broken. Strongholds are broken. Generational curses are broken. Our our will is restored. Verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Watch this. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Now what happened? Verse 17, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. I want you to hear me. I believe God is going to give a breakthrough to your children's education during this time. I believe if you're in school, there's going to be insight and enablement God's going to give you. How many are with me right now? I believe on your workplace, you're going to begin to be recognized as a person who solves the problems, who connects the dot. Do you know who gets paid the big money in corporations? 
the problem solvers. You know who's at the top of the pay scale? The man or woman who can solve a problem no one else can solve. The purpose who can determine how something's going to work when no one else can make it work. That's who is the respected and the, and the person's there. I believe prayer and fasting will give knowledge, understanding of all kinds. Can somebody say amen to that? And then I want you to watch this. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. What happened? There began to be a discernment in that man's life. Listen to me. His gift began to flourish. His spiritual DNA began to come forth. I believe sitting in this room with me today and online with me today are men and women full of giftings and anointings from God. I believe prayer and fasting is going to begin to release that. It's going to begin to bring it to the surface. You're going to begin to walk in your calling and and stand up in a place that God wants to use you. Daniel began to have vision. He began to see. He began to understand. Very quickly, there's a a story I I heard this week listening, praying uh, about fasting, about two men. There were two woodsmen, the story goes, two two lumberjacks. And and there was an annual competition, and, and this older seasoned veteran won it every year. He could chop down more wood in a certain amount of time than anybody but this year a new young buck came up big young strong strapping guy big muscles and he said i got this old man i'm gonna beat him he is no way he can cut more wood than me so they get up and they have their axe and they push the timer and they start chopping wood chopping wood and every once in a while the young guy looks over at the older veteran and he was shocked the guy was sitting down he said oh, i got him now <laughs> I got him now. He was chopping, chopping, chopping. And he looks over a little while later and the man was sitting down again. He said, oh, it's done. And the buzzer goes off and they come and the young guy is confident and arrogant. He said, I got, there's no way. And they weighed the wood and they said, he wins again. The older veteran did it. And the young man went to him. He said, I don't understand. I'm bigger than you. I'm younger than you. How did you beat me? I saw you sitting down. He said, son, every time I was sitting down, I was sharpening my axe. You know what he said? That sharp axe will cut more wood than those dull things. You know, there's a lot of Christians. Listen to me. You've been making a lot of noise, but you had not been getting anywhere. Come on. <laughs> You've been making a whole lot of noise, pounding out a lot of things. Come on, listen to me. I want to help you. Been going to church and doing a lot of praising and talking a lot of talking, but you're not cutting any wood. I believe this fast is going to sharpen your discernment, sharpen your hearing, sharpen your understanding. And when you pray, it's going to be effective. You're going to hear God where you used to miss God. Come on, anybody with me right now? You've been saying, well, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Well, now you're going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say, I know what you need to do. Nobody has an answer for this. God's going to say, I've got an answer for this. You're going to say, my kids are never going to get saved. And the Holy Spirit's going to say, they are going to be saved. This is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to pray. This is where we're going to go. Anybody listening to me right now? There's going to be a sharpening. So I hear, discern, see, listen, know, recognize who I am. Come on, stand with me. I want my worship team to join me. Come on. I'm just going to hit the brake right there in the middle of this thing. Come on. Come on, stand up with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. We're going to continue to learn. Guys, what are we going to do starting tomorrow? We're going to begin to see ancient strongholds fall before the presence of God. We're going to be sharpened spiritually to hear and see and know what God wants us to do. We're going to anticipate breakthroughs where there's been, where there's been holdups. Uh, we're, we're going to understand as we're praying and fasting, heaven is warring for us, releasing mighty mighty angels and resources to come work on our behalf 21 days what a journey 
we're going to walk this Daniel journey. God's looking for a place to bless you in Babylon. How many heard what I said? God's looking for an opportunity to elevate you in Babylon, to bless you, to elevate your job, to bless your work, to bless your education, to bless your family and your home. See, Daniel's testimony was that even in this Babylonian place, he was successful. Why? Because he was in it, not of it. Because he was a man of prayer and fasting. I want you to listen to me. We'll go into our prayer closet. Come on, listen. We'll go in our prayer closet, but when we come out, we're going to be anointed by God. We're going to go in our prayer closet, but when we go out, we're going to do great things in the name of the Lord. This isn't about hiding. It's about influencing. This isn't about running. It's about taking over. Now, I don't mean physically. I mean spiritually. I mean it's time for us to begin to win the battle for our home, our family, for this region, for this nation, the church must become blessed in Babylon, influencing in Babylon, full of the power of the Holy Spirit and all the things we say and do. Guys, as we stand here today, I believe ready to start a journey. I want to encourage you. Trust God. Take this step. Make a decision with me today. So, Pastor, I've never done this before. You can do this. By the grace of God, you can do this. Now, if you have health issues and the doctor says you can't do it because of medicine or something, you do whatever the doctor tells you. We honor that, of course. But find some way to fast. Are you with me? Find something you give up so you can have time with God. I want to help you, parents, with your children. I don't expect the children to do what you do. Listen to me. But they should see you doing it. Hear what I said? I don't expect them to do what you do, but they should see you do. You want to get their attention? You say, you know why daddy's eating green beans tonight? That'll get a kid's look. You know why mommy's eating broccoli tonight? Uh-uh. And why you don't have to? Uh-uh. They'll be happy about that. Because I'm, pray- I'm praying and fasting. Take them on the journey with you. Let them see what God is doing. Let them see you pray. Take them on a journey with you. Take the step of faith. Pastor, I don't know if I can do it. Well, you never know till you try. You never know you get in there. I want to encourage you. God has some appointments for us. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.